0: And um, give, make sure that my booth person is all ready to go. 4, 4 through 9. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. And it starts like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 Is that is that like all? Like? Always is is always, right? Never not. Always. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Everybody say, "Be be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which thou, which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace, everybody say the God of peace, shall be with you. Father, we love you today, and we thank you, Father, for this opportunity once again to be in your presence, to be in your house, O God, to have your word ministered in this place, Father. Let there be impartation, O God, and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and revelation beyond the the words that I can speak, O God. Use this vessel, Lord, as a conduit, Lord Jesus, to minister your word today. Lord, let your word be spoken. Lord, let a let a word be spoken to this people, not just your Logos. So, but, God, let there be a rhema spoken in this place today, Father. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. So I got a question for you. Is it possible to have complete peace and tranquility in our lives in the midst of a storm or something that's going on in our life? Is it possible? Is it possible to stay focused? on the things that God things of God when it seems that all hell is breaking loose around us anybody ever felt like all hell was breaking loose all around you this is breaking in your body and that's breaking in your body and you're sick and 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 all these things and I was felt like I was under attack last night in my body I had this pain right here and and it wasn't anything I ate I don't think cuz we had the same thing for dinner and so I the only thing I could conclusion that I could come to is that the enemy was attacking me. He doesn't do that? Yes he does. Amen. And so sometimes things are going to happen in our life and it sometimes it just has nothing to do with God. It's just like, you know, I came out the other morning to go to work and one of the tires on my truck was just flat down to the ground and I had no idea why. We had just driven it the evening, that evening before and come to find out there was a big old chunk of metal in it like this that just sliced right through the tire. They couldn't even patch it. And so by the mercy and grace of God, I guess we got home without that thing going flat on the road. But that that wasn't what I was planning on that morning. I had it just totally upset the apple cart in my life. And it was just like, I don't need this. You know, and it was just, had to switch trucks and cause hers was being blocked and from getting out to go to work. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, not today, not me, not today, not now, not this. Anybody ever felt that way? Like it's not one of those things where you say, where is God? But it's almost like that. Why do you allow this stuff to happen to me? Then you have to remind yourself that the Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. It doesn't make the flat tire go away, but it encourages me that it's okay. God's got this. Maybe I'm supposed to take this other truck today for some reason. I don't know. Maybe something would have happened to the other one. I don't know. Not for me to worry about. But we let ourselves fret over this stuff. Matthew 6.33 tells us to seek first his kingdom. So that's first before everything? Everything. Seek first his kingdom. And then it goes in his righteousness. And it says that, and all these things will be added unto you. What are these things? Well, I think one of these things is peace. Amen? Paul tells us in Romans fourteen seven that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Whose righteousness is it? God's righteousness. Whose peace is it? Whose joy is it? whose holy ghost is it <laughs> so we can't manufacture this ourselves can we solomon tells us in proverbs 3:17 speak speaking of he's speaking of the wisdom of god he he says that her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace so he's speaking of what kind of wisdom is is solomon talking about not just Human wisdom, not just our our carnal wisdom, but what kind of wisdom is he talking about? Wisdom of God, the things of God, wisdom about God. That's what Solomon's talking about, that kind of wisdom. And so if we will operate in, in the wisdom of God, it says that wisdom is referred to as her. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. So it's kind of saying that if we'll just focus ourselves on and how we live our life on what God is telling us to do, that we're going to have peace. Does that mean that we're not going to have turmoil in our life? In the book of Haggai, chapter two, verse five through nine, Haggai chapter two, verse five through nine says, "According to the word that I covenanted." With you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts: Yet once is a little what it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land. And I, and I, lo- I, I kind of focused on this. It's God's talking, and He's referring to Himself. And he's saying, I'm going to do this because it's my stuff. Okay? I will shake all the nations, and and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine. Wow. So it's not ours. He just lets us be stewards of it. (laughs) The silver and the gold is not yours. What's in your bank account is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. He's just letting you keep a hand on it, and he's letting you keep some of it to live by. But if he took it all away, he wouldn't just forsake you, would he? He'd let you live. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. I believe that we're in we're that latter house. We're in that latter day, and in the midst of all the turmoil and all the stuff that's going on right now, and it just seems like everything that's going on in in our country and in our government and around the world just seems like everything that, from my view anyway, it just seems like everything is coming up anti-Christian these days. anybody notice that besides me? And I believe that. It might get worse. When they're attacking teenage boys for something they really didn't do, it it just tells me that somebody's got an agenda. And it's not people that have an agenda. They're just the vessels that the enemy is using. But he is not going to give up. He knows his end. He knows where he's going. But he's going to push it to the end, to the very limit, before Jesus comes. And so that means that we might have to suffer some things. If you look at the early church, right after the early church was birthed, it wasn't very long before they started suffering persecution. And they had to go into hiding. Right? They had to go into hiding. I don't know if we'll get to that point, but if we do, God's already, he's already got this thing. So as we read this scripture in Haggai, I kind of keyed in on where he said there, fear ye not. So what was he saying? It almost sounds like to me that fear has a direct connection to peace or lack of peace. So fear in our lives. Somebody once said, fear is faith in the devil. Think about that for a minute. Fear is faith in the devil. Because what does the Bible say that perfect love, Who? who's the only one that has perfect love? Jesus Christ. His perfect love casts out all fear. So if we are fearful... Because they must have been fearful or he wouldn't have said that in this scripture. They must have been fearful. And, and if you're fearful, that's going to affect your peace. And is it possible to have complete peace and tranquility in your life in the midst of all this mess that's going on? So if it, if our mind and our spirit being at peace is equivalent to saying that we are not troubled by anything... That, that's going on if we if we don't have fear let's say then the opposite of that state would be that having fear or being troubled would be would would be have be like having no peace right that would make sense right the, in the Old Testament the word peace uh, is the word that we've all heard before and and they say it to this day in those countries shalom Shalom. They greet each other with that. And it's the assumption that you're having peace in your life. Peace be unto you. That's what they're saying. I I pray that there's peace in your life. Then they greet one another and say that. It's a masculine noun meaning peace or tranquility. This Hebrew term is used 237 times in the Old Testament. And is used to greet someone in in that way. So the assumption is peace. New Testament That word peace, it says here in the, in the complete word study Bible dictionary that God's peace is independent and outside conditions, independent of outside conditions, and is the fruit of, is the fruit of an objective, real salvation with God. It's independent of outside conditions. Whether you have peace in your life or not is totally not dependent upon anything that's going on in your life. Real, true peace. Okay? It goes on to say, peace is a blessing of which God alone is the author. So having peace is a blessing from God. He being the author of peace. What did, what did Isaiah 9 and 6 say? Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. What government? The government of the whole world. His name shall be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace means that he's the chief dude. Peace belongs to him. If you if you want to have peace, you go find Jesus. is only one who can bestow it upon the righteous. Jesus is the only one. Okay? Upon those who follow divine wisdom, the wisdom of God, and it's a gift which God desires to impart to all his people, but which he is often unable to grant because of sins. Not always, but in many cases it's because of something going on in us that we don't have peace. Something that we're doing or not doing, because sin is not just doing things, is it? Because sin can be the sin of omission. We can be omitting things. We could not, it's the things we're not doing. That's what Paul said. The things that I don't want to do, I do. The things that I want to do, I don't do. That I know I should do, I don't do. So sometimes we're not doing stuff that we should be doing. That's the one we need to pray about when we're asking God to forgive us of our sins. It's easy to say, forgive me for these sins of action, you know, for cussing or whatever. But it's it's a lot harder to say, forgive me for being negligent and not praying, God, or forgive me for being negligent and not doing the things that I know I need to do as as an apostolic, as as one of your children. Amen? Amen. And so we, we've got to understand that the, the root of peace in our life comes from God. And so, in order to have peace, we got to go to the source of peace, and we can't manufacture it ourselves. People think they can. You know, they you can buy these oils and. They have names on them that are called tranquility this and peace this. You can put them in your little diffuser and let them in your house, and, and I have peace in my home because I'm using this oil. No. It might be peaceful smelling or something like that, but that's not peace. Sitting there doing yoga is not peace. It's peace is something that goes on inside. Okay. Somebody so somebody can be at peace and have turmoil going on in their life? Really? Wow. Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, Saith to the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Give you an expected end. He wants the very best for us. He wants us to have that peace. And that's the title of my lesson, The Peace That Passes All Understanding. Cause there's some people in this world that will look at you in your life and your situations and they'll go, my God, they gotta be going crazy with all this stuff going on in their life. And they come to you and say, are you okay? Is everything, and you just say, I am totally at peace. And they just, they're baffled. They don't understand it. How can you have peace in the midst of all this? And that's your open door right there. The power of our testimony, right? Well, here's why I have peace. And it's just, you you just got an invitation for a free Bible study right there. Because they're looking at it from their natural standpoint, and they're thinking, my God, if I had to go through all that, I would be going crazy right now. I'd have to go to to the psychologist and get some psychotropic drugs so that I could deal with all this stuff. And that's what people do. Right? That is exactly what they do. And it's, it doesn't make you who you are when you start putting that stuff in your system. You think, you feel, it's like a temporary peace, but it's, it's, it's a human. It's not on a level that's beyond your understanding. That's why that scripture says, a peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever seen a peaceful pond or a lake in the morning or in the evening? Anybody? Seen those pictures? I wish I had time to to come up with one, but that that peaceful lake. A lot of the the pictures that you get on your Microsoft screen have pictures of that, where you can see a mirror image of of those rocks out west or whatever. The that it just looks like glass, and you have to kind of stare at it for a minute and think, is that really water? Right? Because it's so still. How could it be so still? And then when the slightest breeze comes along, starts rippling that water, that image just kind of gets fuzzy and maybe even goes away, right? You can't see that mirror image anymore. The waves distort the image, right? So the image of our, imagine our relationship with God being that pond or that lake of peace, that tranquil pond. Imagine your life. Imagine That that's you. That's your life. That that peaceful pond represents your life at total peace. Okay? You don't want anything to mess that up, do you? But stuff comes along and messes it up, doesn't it? The winds of life blow. But you, up to a certain point, you have control over what blows in your pond, don't you? Because troubles and trials are going to come your way. Not necessarily that that's of God or the will of God, but troubles and trials are going to come your way. You're going to get a flat tire. Somebody's going to say something to you at work. Something's going to happen. A family member is going to die that you weren't ready for them to die just yet. Stuff is going to happen that's going to upset. And what our tendency is to do is that we take that thing like a rock and we throw it in our pond of peace. What happens when you throw a rock in a pond like that Jesse? yeah wherever that rock hits the ripples just go out and out and out and the whole it could be a giant lake but it would affect that entire lake wouldn't it that one little rock and so you have a choice to make what are you going to do with that rock what are you going to do with that trial what are you going to do with that thing in your life that's going to, about to upset your peace that you have from God? God's got an answer for you. He does. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So you have the opportunity to decide where you're going to throw that rock, don't you? You can either throw it in your pond, your lake, or you can throw it on God. You can cast that care on him. And when you do that, it's just like that rock... When you throw it, I'm not going to throw this. When I throw this, I just let go of it. And I don't run back over there and get that. You don't go dive in the lake when you throw that rock in there and go try to find that one little rock you just threw. Good luck. You're not going to find it. So when you cast it upon God, you let go of it, and you don't hang on to a piece of it. You let go of it. Because I, God has given me peace. And when you can find yourself able to do that, and it's not easy. It's not easy. But when you can find yourself able to do that, you're going to find yourself being able to have that kind of peace that passes all understanding that comes from God. We just read that in the in the Complete Word Study Bible Dictionary, that it's a gift from God. That peace is a gift from God. You can't. Demand that God give it to you, you. It has to be something that you that you find by revelation, by understanding. You have to to realize that I, God's not. I'm in, I'm not in control here. Isn't He the great decision maker? He called you. He brought you. He drew you. He He went to those disciples and said, "Come and follow me." And He told them what they were going to go through. Right. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. Not We might be troubled on every side. Paul's saying we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're not letting it get under our skin. We're not letting it bother us. Why? We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. We're going to go through some stuff. The the, the people of God in the book of Corinthians were going through some stuff. Paul was encouraging them. I know, Paul's saying, I've been through this stuff. I've been stoned. I've been shipwrecked. I've been all these things. And you're going to go through it too, but we don't have to worry about, we don't have to fret because we might be cast down, but we're not forsaken. We might be persecuted, but we're not in distress. Why? Because we have that peace that passes all understanding. Righteousness, peace, and joy. They had the Holy Ghost. They had that righteousness, peace, and joy. They had that peace that passes all understanding. They couldn't necessarily explain it, but they knew they had it. Amen? To be troubled means to be stirred up and, and to trouble, to agitate. In, in the Complete Word Study Bible, it means um, as agitating water in a pool. <laughs> when I read that, I went, wow, that's awesome. Figuratively used of the mind to stir up, to trouble, to disturb with various emotions such as fear, put in trepidation. Trepidation is just really, just, just you just walk in fear of everything, right? So we got to be careful. It talks about to stir up or to trouble with questions, meaning to disquiet. Ever felt disquieted? You ever felt concerned or worried about anything? You haven't cast it on Him. If you're still worrying about it, that means you're still hanging on to it. You're still holding on to that thing. You know, take your burdens to the Lord, there's a song that says, and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He'll surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Don't come to the altar and bring your... Whatever it is that, that you're hanging on to and, and then walk back away from the altar with it still in your hand because you just wasted your time. 2 Corinthians 7 5 through 7 says, uh, talk, Paul's talking about one of his trips. He says, For when we were come to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Sometimes you're just, in the flesh, you're just going to be wore out. But we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. They were troubled on every side from without, with fightings. He says within with were fears within them. They had fears. We're going to have fears. We're going to have fear of the unknown. What am, what am I going to do now, God? What's going to happen next? Anybody ever felt that way? Because we don't know what's going to happen next. God might be only giving us light for that next step. That's all we can see. I'll, I'll never forget the missionary that came to visit us when my wife and I pastored in West Texas. And she was talking about how God was dealing with her in the mission field. And she said that she came to a point one day, in like in a vision, where God said, I, "You know, I want you to lay some stuff down. He, that was one of those moments where she, he was saying, okay, you're serving me and you're doing a great job, but I'm asking some more of you. And he took her to the place where she was standing at the edge of a cliff. And it was foggy out. And she couldn't see anything past right there. And she said God told her to step out. And in the vision, she was scared to step out because she couldn't see. She didn't know it looked like a drop-off. And so she just said, I can't see. He said, you're going to trust me or not? And so he was showing her, I'm asking you to step off into an area you didn't To the unknown that you've never been for. And he, she said in the vision, she stepped off and then she woke up and God was showing her, I'm going to ask you to step into some places you've never been before, but you're going to have to trust me. When you have that kind of peace with God, that's not a problem when God asks you to do that. That doesn't mean your flesh isn't going to go, no, not again, right? But you know, you'll know if it's God. And that's what Paul was saying here. Nevertheless, God that com- comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. And now by his coming only, not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. So what did Titus come and tell him? Hey, it's okay, Paul. The church is back there praying for you. They've been thinking about you, Paul. They've been praying and interceding and travailing for you, Paul. It's okay. God knows where you are, Paul. Don't worry about it. He sent you to Macedonia. He knows what you're going through. God is in control. Why do you think Jesus told them to pray, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It was for them. Father, thy kingdom come, not mine. Thy will be done, not mine. We won't do it the way God would do it. Cuz if we did it wouldn't work. So the work of God that we were sent to do, that they were sent to do in man in Macedonia wasn't a cakewalk, was it? He didn't send them there for it to be easy. He doesn't send somebody to a city and say it's just going to be so easy. You're just going to walk into that city and start having church in your house and and people are just going to Just come to your door by the, by the hundreds and they're just going to be, they're going to be saying, where have you been all our life? That's not how it ever happens when somebody goes out to a city, when God calls them to a place and says, I want you to plant a church there. That's not how it happens. They got to pray and they got to struggle and they got to, it's not going to just be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. The enemy is not going to give up his territory that easy. Right? Would you? If somebody came into your house and tried to force you out of your own house, would you just say, well, fine, pack your stuff? You wouldn't do that. You'd say, no, get out of my house. What do you think you are? Right? That's how the devil is. He's not going to just give up. That's been his territory and here you are and, and he's afraid of you, by the way. And you know, <laughs> you'll do things when you're, when you're fearful that you wouldn't do otherwise. People that are in fear, they say if you back a rat in a corner, he'll come out fighting, even if you're twice his size, cause fear will cause that thing to fight or flight, right? So the devil's, he's, he's afraid of us cause he knows who we are. And you gotta have that peace that Paul had he was talking about here. There were experiences and pressures that they had, uh, that they had to overcome. Amen? So in order to be sensitive to the voice of God, because see, the voice of God can move your, make your pond have waves too. So you want your pond, your lake, to be peaceful. Right? so that when when God blows on it, you're there. You're sensitive. You're hearing God, and you know when it's God. You, that's, and that's the thing we need to strive for is to know his voice, to know when, when that's God speaking. That's not your mind. That's not the devil. That's not the music in the background. That's God speaking to me. That still small voice that just gently blows that water, right? And, you know, the Bible talks about that his there was a storm and there was a tornado and there was all this stuff but god wasn't in any of that but he was in the still small voice amen and so we got to keep ourselves you know for he in first peter 3 10 through 11 says for he that will love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. And then another place uh, in the Bible, it talks about seeking peace and pursuing it. And so we've got to pursue peace. We've got to go after it with an intentional attitude. Nobody can take something that belongs to you, can they? So when you find that place of peace in God, you 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 need to protect that peace and you don't let anybody take that peace away from you and and nobody can take things out of your hand unless you let go of it right right if it's something of value and it belongs to you and somebody runs up and tries to grab it out of your hand if if a guy tries to grab your purse out of your your hand you're going to fight that and that's my purse that's got my stuff in it you can't have it you're going to fight for it and so we got to be we got to be like that First Peter says five, six, and seven says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God." We've already talking about this morning in discipleship about humility. God, as disciples, He wants us to be humble. Humble yourselves. He's not going to. You don't want God to humble you. Humble yourself voluntarily. Okay, God, I give up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. When when is that? I don't know. Whenever he decides is due time, he'll exalt you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. What is all that what is that care that we're talking about? That's anxiety. That's care that brings disruption to the personality and to the mind. That's pressure in our life that we're going to experience. Really, no matter what. Because God didn't promise us when he saved us that he would take away all that stuff. Right? If we're living and breathing, if we have a family, if we have vehicles, if we have a job, if uh, just just go on and on and on, on those things, some, some of that stuff we heap upon ourselves. If we have debt... Things like that. Some of that stuff we heap upon ourselves, that stuff's going to work to try to disrupt our peace. And so we have to to learn, and and we were talking earlier about, you know, you don't just, just because you receive the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you automatically do everything all spiritual all the time after that. You, You learn over time. You learn how to walk with God. You learn how to lay things down. You learn. How to cast every care upon him. You don't always do it perfect every time. But then you realize that when God convicts you about it, you realize and say, God, I'm sorry. I didn't cast that on you. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to, I'm going to let that go. God, I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to cast that upon you and I'm not going to think about it. You know, it's like one, one preacher said, when it gets to where it just doesn't matter to you anymore, what happens? Then you'll know that you found that place of peace. When not, when nothing when things that go on in your life just don't matter. Just okay God. Okay God. When your response starts getting like that all the time, you know. When they persecute you and you just I don't know. God, you know. I don't like it, but God, you know. Nobody likes being persecuted. So if we're carrying and worrying and fretting over something that we then we are allowing that thing to rule and reign in our hearts and minds, aren't we? We're letting that care, that concern, that worry, that fretting get between us and our relationship with our Father. And then we're just kind of like saying to God, I don't trust that you'll, that you know what's going on, that you'll take care of this. Amen? God can't rule and reign in us if we're working and carrying, worrying and caring about all the things that we really don't have any control over. And he's a gentleman, isn't he? He won't force his way into our life. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, uh, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because why? He trusteth in thee. Do we really trust God today? 1 John 4, 17 through 18, and I'm bringing this to a close, he says, Herein is our love made perfect, or mature, that we may... Have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. It casts out all those things, those worries, those concerns, all those the fretting and all that stuff. Because fear hath what? Torment. Fear is faith in the devil. Right? He that feareth is not made perfect. And so we've got to, today, we've got to realize that that scripture that says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And so we've got to get our minds stayed on him today. We've got to realize that that we have, God has given every one of us that has the Holy Ghost that peace that passes all understanding today. We just need to realize what we have and walk in it. And once again, you'll know when you have that peace, when no matter what happens in your life, it doesn't phase you. It doesn't matter. That's when you'll know that you're walking in peace. And when you're walking in that kind of peace, nothing's going to phase you. And that's when God can really start putting us you know, to use in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you today. We praise you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your word today that is ministered to us, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over every soul, over every individual that's in this house, those that were.